Welcome back to the Bleach and Bothered podcast. My name is Layla Halbert and I'm your hostess with the mostess. Thank you so much for being here today. If this is your first time listening, welcome. You are in for a treat. And if you have not yet gone and listened to all of the other episodes, there's like 30 something now because I'm kind of a big deal. It's fine. Um, You can go back and binge all of those episodes. You can leave me a review. And if you have been listening for a long time and you haven't, left a review yet uh what are you what are you thinking you have to do that like I, I thought we were friends so um yeah follow the instagrams if you're not doing that all of that stuff that I always say every week I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything um I better make sure I'm following you on instagram oh my I God. think I am <laughs> you're a little close to the mic oh okay here we go backing up a little bit <laughs> Hopefully we didn't just blow all of your um, eardrums out. <laughs> Marcos is a little bit nervous, but just a little. it's okay. We're going to be fine. Um, spoiler alert. My guest today <laughs> is my friend Marcos Fuente. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a... I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes, where it goes. I think it'll be really good. So I kind of um, like that there's no agenda. Yeah. Kinda I mean, nice. there is, but like it's unscripted. It's chill. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I was telling Marcos, I'm like, I don't really do any editing. And I've tried the route of like keeping notes and like being like ultra pe- prepared. But I just have like noticed that when I do that, I like stumble over myself more and it's not as, it just ends up sounding more stiff and I just don't like it. So I'm pretty good at talking to people I do it all day long so yeah that's what we're gonna do great um okay well I don't know introduce yourself a little who are you my name is Marcos Juante uh born and raised in Bellingham live in Linden now I have two biological kids um and my wife and I have been foster parents for I want to say 12 years uh maybe coming up on 13 I didn't yeah. know you guys had been doing it that long. Long time. Well, you met our oldest foster daughter uh, who has right. a baby. Right. So she came to live with us when she was 12. Okay. Um, and I think she's just turned 23. Her birthday's in March. Um, March what? March 3rd. If she's listening to this Ooh, and I got it wrong. Me. It's right before mine. She's going to be mad. But yeah, so long time. Um, we recently had four sisters that have lived with us for the past two and a half years. Um, and they just left yesterday, so it's still pretty heavy. Pretty fresh. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll get into that in a minute. But before we get into the serious stuff, we're going to do our bothered things. Great. So do you want to do yours first or do you want Go me ahead, to do mine? Go ahead, first. Okay, I'll do mine first. So something that is like this, this is so dumb. And I feel like most of the shit that bothers me is pretty dumb. But like this one kind of takes the cake. But at the same time, like makes me want to rip my hair out. So... Like, I'm not a huge fast food person, but when I get, like, a craving for something, like, I got to get it, right? So, once in a while, I will get, a, like, a really strong craving for McDonald's um, chicken nuggets and their french fries and, like, a huge sweet tea with extra ice. It's my thing. Wait, wait. The real question is, what kind of dipping sauce do you get? No sauce. Oh. I know. Horrible. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I like it dry. 
to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, no sauce. Um, but anyway, so and sometimes even if I don't have like a super strong craving, but like I just have like a my door is like full of like garbage that I need to get rid of that I always forget to get rid of whenever I'm like home or parked somewhere. Do you know what I'm talking? You know, oh, I know, you know what going. I'm talking about. I, know where you're I going. think everyone listening knows what I'm talking about. The the driver door. If you go through a drive-through or you go do something and you've got garbage or a receipt or whatever, you just shove it in the side, and then eventually get rid of it, or drive through the McDonald's drive-through yep. <laughs> to get you some chicken nuggies and to get rid of your garbage. Right? There's nothing more upsetting than this is so dramatic, but when you go to McDonald's to get a little craving fix and also to get rid of your garbage and you drive up and the garbage is so full, it's like shooting garbage out. There's like shit everywhere. And I'm just like, really? Like pretty much the only reason I came here was to throw my garbage away and like get a snack and I'm still going to get my snack. So it's not the worst, but now I, I, I can't get rid of my garbage and I'm going to have to like you know what I think it is? I think it's like about exposing yourself for like how much of a slob you are. And when I say you, I mean me. Because um, <laughs> that means now I have to either go home or like park somewhere and like get all my shit and like find a garbage can to put it in. And someone could see me walking from my car to said garbage can instead of just more anonymously getting rid of it in the mcdonald's drive-thru no so, shame no that's shame. my that's my bothered thing my kids are in the back seat getting all the garbage so we can throw it in there yeah i love it perfect yeah, yeah. except when it's full and you can't and you're just like well guess i'm just a freaking sewer rat right cool <laughs> story of my life okay what's yours um on a less serious note but it bothers the crap out of me is when s- when you cook a steak and it's a perfect steak and it's a good steak and then you serve it to somebody and they cut the whole thing up, not just the piece that they're about to eat, bothers the crap out of me. Like you have to cut one piece at a time, eat that piece, oh my cut God. your next piece. Don't cut the whole steak up. You ruin it. I've literally never thought of that. Drives me insane. Wow. You would hate going um, to like a Brazilian barbecue, well, like see, that's get different. together with family. That's different. Like, that's what they do. They cut it all up, put it on a plate and everyone just like picks at it. Well, I've been to a few Brazilian steakhouses, which probably... Well, a steak... I'm not talking about a steakhouse. I'm talking about, like, Brazilian families. Like, you go to their house, and they're having a barbecue, and they're, like... You're, like, eating as they're cooking kind of thing. They'll, like, cut it up and, like, put little bite-sized pieces out so that people can just, like, kind of eat as they cook. That might be different. But when it's on your plate, a big steak, you cut it all up, and it's just for you... Drives me insane. Why? I have no idea. It just bothers the crap out of me. Is it like less fresh that way or something? I'm just a big foodie. And so that's just not how you eat a steak. You don't cut it all up and then like eat it. Like a five-year-old? Yeah. You don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I do it for my kids because you don't I want to enjoy to my steak and I don't really care oh, that. if theirs isn't as good as mine. But when an adult <laughs> cuts it all up into a bunch of little pieces and doesn't even need a knife after that, drives me insane. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I think that's the first time I've had someone on the podcast like say a bothered thing that I've literally never thought of. So oh, I have a lot of bothered things. Congrats. But, yeah, people don't think of. <gasps> I know. I told Marcos, I was like, make sure you come with a bothered thing. He's like, oh, don't worry. <laughs> I've got plenty. I'm like, same. <laughs> my wife always gets pissed off at me because I don't think she is like a cooks on high type of person. 
So everything oh. she cooks is on high. And I'm like, no, you don't have to do that. Like, turn it down. She's like, everything bothers you. I'm like, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think that's how my family feels about me, too. But, I, well, you know, actually, my mom and I are both very bothered people just in different ways. So, yeah, it's a very every, – everyone's annoyed all the time in this house. My poor dad is just, like, trying to live his life, and we're all, like, psycho about everything. So, sorry. <laughs> Rip. Um, cool. Well, I guess we can just, like, get into it. Yeah, I got um, another bothered thing that will kind of take us into the topic. Do what? I got another bothered thing. Oh, that'll kind of take us, like, to share. into what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. Okay. Uh, I, bothers me – when people um, judge and have preconceived thoughts of biological parents that get their kids taken away um, to foster care. Um, oh. So that really bothers me um, because, as we'll talk about in a minute, I also work in the foster care realm um, as a social worker. And so um, that really bothers me because I've met some very great parents and I have some friends of uh kids that we used to foster and now their parents are our friends so one thing that bothers me in the foster care system okay yes i'll remember to bring that up or you can remember or however it goes yeah um so i just wanted to quickly like just kind of go over like how we know each other um so margos and i met uh through church right yeah yeah uh long i mean how? I think you were at Linden first. Yeah. And we kind of met. But we, we got did? To, yeah, we kind of we got to know each other more at CTK and Bellingham. Yeah. Yeah, I had like a I had um I think it was like a maybe a year, little less than a year where I was singing at both the Linden campus and the Bellingham campus and then I I started just doing Bellingham. Um but yeah, so that was like god, almost 10 years ago. That's so crazy. Can we do a story time? About Bellingham? Uh, sure. Do you remember when you, it was probably when you, around when you first started in Bellingham, maybe not, but you got a Craigslist lost connection. Oh. And that thing went around. A misconnection? Misconnection. Oh my God. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I do actually. So for anyone who doesn't know what a misconnection is, this is like before, I feel like this is like before the like dating app days. Yeah. Like there were still like dating websites, but there wasn't like Tinder or like Bumble or anything like that. And so like you can go on Craigslist and there's a whole section called missed connections where people will go in and and type like, Oh, I saw this person who looked like this at this establishment at this time on this day, blah, 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 blah. I thought you were really cute. I hope you're single. Here's my number. Like if someone sees this and knows, you know, some like something like that. Some of them are like more vague. Some are more detailed, whatever, but, um, it's a thing. And like, I know I used to do it all the time, but like, I know like it was like a thing to like go through the missed connections. Wait, you would fill them out? No, 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 not fill them out. Just go through and look oh, at yeah, them. Okay. Just go through and look at them to see if there is one about you. And so I would like, just like go through and like read them occasionally just to like see, or like see if I could like find one about someone. It might be about someone I knew or whatever. And, um, so we had like a like a worship night, like a concert or something at at church and I was singing and it was during that night. So like after that night, somebody I never found out who it was, 
But somebody, and I had a boyfriend at the time, so somebody had written written a misconnection about me. And I had, like, of course, like, a million people sending it to me before I even had a chance to, like, actually see it myself. But it, but the thing that was weird about it was, like, what it said, kind of. I mean, it wasn't, like... I don't even remember what it I said. I remember because I, th- I thought to myself, I was, like, is this, like, romantic or is this, like... Creepy? Not creepy, but it was, like, okay, so... It's, I don't remember word for word, but it was something like, oh, like, I saw you singing at CTK, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, I really loved your boots and necklace. Like, you looked so stylish. or so, It was like something like that. And I was like, that is, seems odd, but okay. The thing I found odd was how many people, like, found it. Oh, and yeah. And like, hey, Layla, like, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing to yeah. go look at the Oh, I totally knew. I knew it was a thing. Not me. It was like, it was like, because uh, like social media was still a thing at that point, but it w- hadn't blown up like it is now. Yeah. And so people are just looking for entertainment, you know, and Miss Connections was a hot spot. I missed out because I never like looked at them. That That's... was the first one I had seen. I thought, I'm like, I didn't even know this was a thing. I wonder if it still is. We're going to have to check. I'm going to when we're done. I'm very curious. That's so funny. So anyway, yeah. So we know each other just through church. You were on, were you on staff? You were on staff, yeah, right? Yeah. So Marcos was on staff. I volunteered and sang there for years and years. Um, I'd hang out with your team a lot because I'd cook for you guys. Yes. Yes. Marcos was um, always feeding us really good. And yeah, you definitely were like one of the people that I like, I would like always look forward to when I would like be in, cause it's a huge church, right? Oh, yeah. So it's easy to kind of get lost in the crowd, but your church in your church. Marcos was always that guy to like point you out in a crowd and like make sure that you like felt like you were at home. So that's nice. And now we like both don't really do you, you do. No. You, yeah. We both don't really go to church. I think we've no. had like similar yeah, like experiences and like deconstructions. I we would ha- say, maybe. Yeah. 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 As far as faith and religion and all that goes i mean i did a whole podcast episode about it which i'm sure you probably haven't listened to but it's a pretty good one it's a good one um but yeah um so i guess we can just i don't know where where do you want to start like how did you you guys have been doing foster care or licensed foster parents i don't really know yeah. what the lingo is yeah or licensed foster parents okay for I'm trying to remember. Years. I think twelve years. Okay. And how did you yeah. like? So my wife is a teacher. Okay. Um, and so one day she called and said, "Hey, something happened. I'm gonna bring a student home. She's gonna stay with us." Um, and so she brought a student home. She's like, "Clean the house because I'm bringing somebody home." So clean the house, and she brought a student home. And then she kind of never left and just became a part of our family. Um, she did leave for a little bit in between then, but came back to us um, until she turned eighteen and. Yeah, so she was very much part of her family, and then her sister came to live with us, too. Um, pretty cool experience. Like, were you guys, at this point, like, was this before you were licensed? Yeah, so okay. there's a there's like something called suitable unofficial. others. Um, so if you know somebody that's in foster care and you're a suitable person, they call you a suitable other, so you can be unlicensed and care for a foster child. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
and so I was talking to you close to the mic. So hopefully I didn't blow your guys' It's okay. It's kind of a hard thing to like, the mixing board is like a little bit too far for me to like be messing with knobs. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm like trying to give nonverbal cues, but that doesn't really work sometimes. Yeah. So I have anyway. ADHD too, just so you know. Oh. Um, so that doesn't help. I can't do like. Oh, okay, great. Well, you're fine now. That's right. a great distance right, right there. I, I don't know why I thought you were like a quiet person. Oh, no. I'm loud. I, it's been a long time since I've like actually seen you yeah. like in person and we've like sat down and talked. Yeah. So my bad. Anyway, continue. Def- yeah, definitely introverted. Love to be like, I want everybody to hear me. People yeah. Tell me, like I have to be the center of attention sometimes. Well, I which can, is like good and bad. I can relate. <laughs> I can talk to a stranger and. Yeah. Yeah. For but sure. if I don't like you, then I'm kind of an ass, but. Wow. We're very similar. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Sorry. So started out just because my wife brought a kid home and we she ended up becoming like our daughter our daughter actually and then her sister came to live with us too and we took care of her and got to drive her sister to UW when she graduated high school and pick her up every end of the year and drive her there every beginning of the year until she graduated um still very much part of our lives my wife um was in the delivery room and she uh, had her first baby at 16 and so yeah that's how we kind of started and then what what uh grade does crystal teach so at that time she was working at the middle school and high school in linden um no nooksack oh okay yeah um so right now she this last year she moved to an elementary school um she didn't think she would like it and it wasn't really her choice to move um but she ended up enjoying this last year um and then this next year there's a position at the middle school again and she's wrestling with Trying to figure out where she wants to be, middle school or elementary school, because she loves the middle school and high school kids. I love them. middle schoolers, too. Yeah, so does she. Uh, and she's also going to school right now. She just finished her first year at UW to get her admin degree, so she's going to be oh. a principal. Yeah. Damn, She's going to be my girl. sugar mama. All right. So I'm going to start being hey, I mean, making more dinners. You're the one dishes. who does all the cooking anyway, yeah, so right. like, you know, fuck the gender stereotypes. Oh, yeah. Am I right? We have this joke, uh, this one time, because... <laughs> Sometimes we have a lot of kids, like we've had six kids yeah. for the past two and a half years. Well, mom has, we've had a few come in and go, but we've always had a lot of kids. Um, and there was this one time where I don't know what we had going on, but we had something going on and there was only like enough time to make dinner. And then we got a flat tire. So Crystal was like, I don't know how to make this. Like, I don't remember what she knows. She knows how to cook too good. But for some reason, like she's like, you make dinner and I'll change a flat tire. And people like were Fat flabbergasted that she was like, "I'll do the tire and you." Cook I dinner. love it, but Amazing. it worked out. Like, she and she's changed, like this yeah. like tiny little lady too, yeah. like so unassuming. Yeah, I love it. That's she's awesome. a badass though. She's like, I'm very extroverted, and she's very like introverted, and so like sometimes I talk too much and then don't give her space to talk. But she's definitely a badass, and like will put me in my place. So she I has love to. it. Strong Latina. Yeah, that's great. Everyone needs one of those in their life for yeah. sure, or more. Yeah. So she changes the tires, and I make dinner. <laughs> I mean, I would be useless in that scenario because I don't like to cook and I don't know how to change tires. So I, um, I don't know what I'm good for. <laughs> you can see. I got to find someone who can do all of those things. And I just tell the jokes. <laughs> yeah, that'll be perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, okay. So you guys started fostering, became licensed about 12 years ago. Yeah. And then like, so kind of walk me through a little bit like what. Because you were on staff at CTK, and then I don't really know, like, when you stopped doing that, like, what happened after that, or you, like, went into, like, full-time... So, I think five years ago, maybe six. Okay. 
Um, I started working for a nonprofit in Bellingham as our social service uh, director there. So it was we had a food bank and we had like rental assistance and energy assistance. So we helped low income families and uh, people who were homeless at the time just get on their feet or help them out paying some bills or just giving them food. Um, so I did that for two and a half, maybe three years. Three okay. years. Um, I got fired from that job. First <gasps> job I'd ever gotten fired from. Why? Um, I mean, it was don't... a church and it's a church where like the pastors move all the time. Oh, okay. Um, so every like three years there's a new pastor. So the new pastors came, weren't huge fans of fans of mine, uh, which was fine. We worked together for a Just, while. Just like personality differences or yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very different. Interesting. And so I was remodeling my office and we also had a store. Uh, the nonprofit I work for had a store. And so I went to the store. Like when I first started there, I got my like desk and my chair from the store. And so when I remodeled like my office, I went and got a couch from the store and brought it over. Uh, and they said that I stole the couch to bring like from one one of their shops to another. Um, so it was this like whole big thing. Oh my God. Yeah, it was a whole big thing. Um, but Ew, like, I bye. paid for all the paint. I paid for like the decorations. I like bought stuff personally and I just brought the chair and that was like the big deal. Uh, they ended up hiring me back because I did go to like their division headquarters is in Seattle. So I like and say, put in hey, a complaint. this is some bullshit. Yeah. And so <laughs> they you. did hire me back and then it was just weird. Yeah. I'm like I don't want to be here. So then I left and then uh, took like two months off, I think. Okay. Uh, and I have worked since I was like 15. Like, yep. Uh, Mexican family where work is like very, very valued. Like, yeah. men should work. And so that was like instilled in me. So I had always worked. So this is the first time I'd ever been without a job, uh, which was kind of weird and kind of like great. So during that time, <laughs> uh, during that time, it was like a two month period. Like, we bought a brand new truck, which wasn't the smartest thing we had done. Uh, and we went to Disneyland for a couple weeks, like, and just had a break. Um, yeah. I wasn't really looking for a job like very hard at that point. Uh, yeah. Crystal had just gotten her master's degree in education. So she had gotten like a pretty big pay bump. Yeah. Um, so we were fine like financially at that time. Um, and so, yeah, I wasn't really looking for anything, but we had one of our foster sons. Uh, he was a couple years old. Um, his social worker had left. He used to work at DCYF, which is, People think it's CPS, but it's DCYF um, is where social workers work with kids yeah. in foster care. Mm -hmm. um, so he had left there and worked for a nonprofit and then pursued me about working for them. And so offered me the job while we were in Disneyland. So when I came back, I had a job. And Skookum Kids, yeah. Yeah, it was a blessing. At sure. where? Skookum Kids? Skookum Kids. Okay. So we're a foster care private agency. So... Foster parents can choose. I've heard of it, yeah. but I never it's really great. like knew. I've heard the name, but yeah. I never really knew like what it was. Or... Great organization. So I know you... nothing about yeah. like the foster system or like anything. I have a friend who like works for CPS, but like that's a kind of a different thing, right? Uh, you kind guys of. kind of work together a little yeah, bit? Yeah, we do. Yeah, very much so. So usually like I'll just give a quick um, how it works. <laughs> um, so CPS is Child Protective Services. So that's... Uh, those are the people that like would go and remove a kid from the home. So actually common, uh, common misunderstanding that people have is that CPS just goes and takes kids away. CPS can't take kids away. The only people that can take kids away from their parents is a police officer or a judge. 
So CPS is part of that and they'll go and like physically remove it, but they CPS will do their investigation and they need to prove to a judge or a cop needs to say like this kid isn't safe in the home. Yeah. Uh, and so those are the people that remove them is only a judge and only a police officer can remove a kid from their home. Got it. So if a judge says, yes, this kid isn't safe there or a police officer says this kid isn't safe there, they'll call CPS and CPS will go with the police to remove a child. Okay. And so it's CPS's job to find a place for that kid um, in the short term and is kind of starting the process for the parents um, and working with the parents at the beginning. Usually CPS doesn't stay with with kids for more than a month. Yeah. So then it will transfer to DCYF, which is Division of Children, Youth, and Families. Okay. Um, and that's where if kids don't get home within a short amount of time, that's where kids will have social workers longer period of time is DCYF. And so what we do, what Skookum Kids does, is we are a private agency. Uh, so we license foster homes. Um, so you can choose if you want to get licensed through the foster home or through the state of Washington. Uh, my wife and I are licensed through the state of Washington just because we've been doing this for so long. We can kind of advocate for ourselves and know how yeah, to... Yeah, you kind of know. Yeah. You know the, yeah. the drill. And I, um, I'm i pretty outspoken and I can advocate for myself. And there's been a few times where I've had to... Um, put social workers in their place and like just push back on them a lot uh, just because they will ask you to do more than you're responsible for doing. Um, And that's like, we can go on forever and talk about that, but they are very, very pushy. And so the good thing about a private agency is that they're your advocate. And the way I explain it to people is social workers. If you're a foster parent, they're coming to your house at least once a month to check on you. Uh, They can come randomly if they want to, um, but they're coming to check on the kids at least once a month. They're the kids social worker. They're not your social worker. They're not there to see you. They're making. They're there to see that the kids are taken care of, uh, that the kids are safe. Um, but they're, if something goes wrong, they're not going to advocate for you. They're not going to be on your side. They're not going to be on your team. Um, whether it was accident as a foster or not, parent, as a foster parent. Okay. Uh, and the private agency, you get your own social worker. I'm using quote unquote. You get your own person. So we license you. We have a licensing team. They license you, um, and then they stick with you through the whole process. So if something were to happen. Um, or a social worker's not that great of a social worker and is just pushy, uh, we can advocate for you. We go to your to your monthly, they're called health and safeties, uh, when the social workers go and check on the kids. We go to those with the social worker um, and conduct those together as a team. Uh, so we're there to support foster parents. And it's, it's good, especially for new foster parents, because there's so much... Um, you don't know. And there's so many rules. So do you kind of do both? Like you guys are fostering kids, but you're also kind of one of those, like you said, like social workers for other foster parent kind of thing. Is that yeah. what your role is? My role specifically. So I've been foster parenting for a long time and I was also a uh, GAL for a while, a CASA. Uh, so that? that is, so every kid in foster care is supposed to, not all of them get it because there's not enough people, but most kids uh, in foster care have a uh, court appointed advocate so a uh, guardian ad litem is what oh, they call yeah, them mm-hmm, yeah um, and so they are um the department we call dcyf the department the social workers for the department is a party to the case and they're looking out for the best interest of the kid um they're working with the kid and the parents to make sure that they um are doing what they got to do to get their kids back the parents have an attorney and that person is working for the parents. So they're going to say and do whatever they have to do for that parent to get their kids back, which they should. That's their job. Um, and then this, the department also has their attorney, which is going to be fighting for the department. And what they found was there was nobody like middle ground. Um, so the department really works with the kid. And then the parent's attorney really works with the parent. Um, 
And so there needed to be like right, a, like, a almost like a mediator. Right. So the third person to the party of the case is the guardian at litems. Um, and so they write court reports. They fill the judge in on what's going on. Um, and they can choose whether they agree with the parent's attorney or whether they agree with the department on what they feel is best for the kid. They don't have to, they don't have to pick, they can choose whoever they want. Yeah. Um, so that's, I did that for a while. So I had some experience. Um, uh, I don't that have, that would be so hard. Yeah. yeah. I loved it though. Well, cause the goal is, you know, for the, for the child to be with their parent, right? right? Unless it's a, yeah. obviously, unless it's a dangerous that's always situation. A yeah. Always, yeah. Um, and so I don't have a college degree and almost everything you do in social service uh, for foster care, you need a degree. Um, but there's a few things you don't. So what I do is I oversee a team of visit supervisors. Um, so uh, my team goes and picks up kids and takes them on visits with their biological parents and supervises those visits and make sure kids are safe. Um, and so that's I oversee that team. So they fill out visit reports and I just review those visit reports. Uh, if they're having issues with parents, I'll go to those to those visits and just uh, try to figure out what's going on. Um, and I also go to meetings with the department and just try to figure out like what's best for the kids. Yeah. And then I also oversee respite. So when foster parents need a break, um, are they going on vacation where they can't take the kids? Sometimes they can't. Um, I try to figure out, okay, where can these kids go while the foster parents aren't here? Um, and I just kind of support our licensing team and, and our foster care team that, works with foster parents like if they can't go to the health and safety that month i'll fill in if they can't um go to court i'll go to court for them got it so i kind of just fill in um the degree not having a degree really holds me back which kind of sucks but uh with adhd school is the best for me in which way like like i i would love to be a social worker uh at like the department and work with biological parents Uh, i see um but i can't do that because i don't have a degree or i'd love to do our licensing and and um are social workers that work with the foster parents. I would love to do that, but you need a degree for that. Got it. And I don't have that, which I could get it. But after like Crystal's going to school and we have probably like $70,000 of debt, we're like, do we really want to add to that? And yeah. No. And I do love what I get to do now. I love working with yeah. biological parents. Um, and I'll tell a little story about that without using names, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's definitely probably a huge need for more people to be, involved in wanting to like be either what you're doing or like foster parents or homes or whatever right yeah we definitely need more foster homes and uh, my wife and I fostered teens for the longest time we just barely started fostering smaller kids about four years ago first boys like he's gonna be four in August and he was little when he came to us so about four years ago and we loved fostering teens like they're great they're fun like if we wanted to go out on a date, we'd be like, see you later. Like, bye. Um, but everybody <laughs> wants babies. Everybody wants babies. And uh, sometimes drives me crazy because everybody wants a baby. And yeah, well, yeah, because they're quote unquote easy because right. they don't have like, you right. know. But we like the bad kids. Like my wife and I <laughs> say like, we want the ones that will tell us to fuck off. Like that's the kids we want. But perfect. Um, right now, our kids are at the age where they're impressionable. So we need to like keep them safe. But we also are having those discussions right now. Do we want to go back to fostering teens and what? What kind of things can we put in place to yeah, make it how, safe for them? How is that? How does that uh, like now? Because your kids are getting older. Aiden's in. Is he in? He's in middle school, yeah. right? He's going to eighth grade. Eighth grade and Sayla is eight. Eight. Okay, so yeah. they're like they're used to their whole lives having oh, yeah. kids in and out and stuff. Yeah. Or how is that? How do you like? 
have you noticed like how has that like kind of taken a toll on them? Because I'm sure they get I mean, you guys all get attached oh, yeah. to the kids yeah. that come into your homes and stuff like. Yeah, we I didn't realize it for the longest time. Like when kids leave, I was always like, oh, me and Crystal. And I didn't I think I realized it, but I didn't like pay attention. And I used to teach. I still do sometimes, but I teach the foster parenting class. Mm hmm. And I helped with the state one one day and I took, there's a night where you can ask foster parents questions um, about foster care. And so that night I took Aiden with me and it's like, oh, I think it would be good to ask like a kid their their perspective of having another kid come and live with them. Um, And then somebody asked him like what it feels like when the kids leave and he just like broke down crying. And I didn't realize like. (laughs) Like uh, I'm going to cry. Yeah, it was super emotional for him. And he's like me. He's a feeler. Yeah. Um, So he like just broke down crying. So now we um, include them in the conversations. Um, We've had kids throughout the time, but we really enjoy uh, emergency placements. So there's a lot of times where we'll like take a kid for one night or two nights just uh, for the emergent need. Yeah. Um, And so. When we make those decisions, we include Aiden in those now. Sayla's still a little, little, still a little young, um, but we always include Aiden in those conversations, and we tell him like, if you're not comfortable, or if you're overwhelmed with everything that's going on in our yeah. lives right now, if you don't think it's a good idea, we'll respect that and honor that. And so, um, we very much like let him make those decisions alongside of us because yeah. it affects him a lot too to have to share a room When's with somebody. When's his birthday? Else. August twelfth. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. A Leo. Yeah. What's your What's your birthday? Uh, April twenty fifth. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So we include them in that. I love astrology. Uh, but they've kind of been like, they were born, and we were already doing that. Like Aiden was. Yeah. So they're born, just yeah. kind of used to it a little yeah, bit, for but sure. yeah. I mean, I can. I would just guess that as, especially for Aiden being a teen, almost a teenager, yeah. like as your own emotions and and you know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like puberty hits and like oh, yeah. all that stuff starts happening. Like I it- give him crap for puberty. I'm like, terrible. <laughs> I feel bad sometimes. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah. He uh, is like the dream child though. He's a perfect kid. Very like loving. He was on, he was like the class president or senator, whatever they do for his grade. He like works very hard at getting good grades. He like has dreams to go to UW. Um, he says he doesn't want to date till he's in college and then he wants that'll to get change in a couple yeah. years. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. He's always like said that since he was young and never changed. And he's always said that he wants to go to UW since like first grade and like just very sensitive and caring and like yeah. intuitive on how other people are feeling like very helpful at home helps with like the kids and like we'll hold the baby and we'll want to feed babies and like just not your like typical 12 year old. I'm not saying that because he's my kid. He's just super sweet. <laughs> um he washes dishes he takes up the garbage he mops he sweeps like that's he does great his own laundry he's a great kid for sure yeah i Sailor's bet you sassy super sassy <laughs> he probably goes to his friend's house and their parents are like uh wait a minute yeah. <laughs> we so that's did another thing we did something wrong yeah. that's another thing i feel like in this work it i've seen a lot of stuff and heard a lot of stories about uh, traumas that happen to kids and it makes me like very reserved and I don't trust people with my kids yeah uh, which is which is kind of sad and like good because um like I just hear a bunch of stories and it's usually people you know that are hurting kids and so yeah. um it's really hard for me to let him go to like friends house even people that I know and trust and people will say well like why don't you ever let him come over I'm like I just I don't feel comfortable um, and I just make him check in all the time. So that is kind of hard. And that's like one of the negatives is like, I don't trust people with my kids. Yeah. Uh, Cause you never know, which is a little which bit is jaded. Sad. Yeah. 
yeah. mean, yeah, when you obviously see stuff firsthand, it's yeah. like, I I mean, I feel like I, I would probably be the same way. I mean, sure. I have a hard enough time. Well, I don't like to get into too much of stuff that I like deal with with my son's dad because it's just, I don't, I don't want him to someday listen to this podcast right. when he's old enough and like think that I was anyway you get it um but I mean it's the same thing it's like it's his actual dad and like I don't sometimes feel comfortable like because I don't I just don't trust him like I don't think he's hurting Lennox I don't think that he's I think that he you know takes good care of Lennox but when there's that like distrust or like you know you're only thinking of how that person treated you no, oh, yeah, that makes it's sense. It's hard to like just forget about all of that and be yeah. like, "Oh, here you go. I feel totally fine. This is fine. Everything's cool. Like I'm comfortable." Like, no. So yeah. I can only imagine what it feels like to like see actually see things yeah. being done to children, like by their parents or in their homes or whatever, and then having your own kids and like not wanting them to ever yeah. like be out of your sight. So sure. yeah. Anyway. One more thing about Skookum Kids, since I'm giving a shout out. <laughs> oh, and you I can think, talk about whatever you and want. And I think uh, people, more people <laughs> need to be foster parents. They think it's hard. It is hard work. It's very important work, but it's needed work. So I really like people that say, oh, I could never do that. Like, yes, you can. Um, you can do it. Like, a lot of people don't think they can do it, and they can. Uh, we also have an emergency home uh, that's, like, in Whatcom County that we don't tell people where it's at. But there's uh, there was, like, a 72-hour hour problem that we called it. So... When kids were first removed from their home, social workers were on the phone just calling people like, hey, can you take this kid? They're sitting in the office and it could be one, two in the morning and they're just calling and calling, trying to find somewhere for these kids to go. Yeah. Um, so um, Skookum Kids started a house. This is how it started with is with the house. They got a house um, that a church lets them use. And so they um, made it beautiful. It's like a three bedroom house. Um, and so that staff 24 hours a day, wow. seven days a week, 365 days a year. And so when kids do first get removed, instead of social workers having to find somebody to take care of these kids, and then if they can't, these kids are going to hotels or sleeping at the department um, on a couch or on a chair uh, because they can't find somebody for them, they could call us and our house is always oh, wow. open. And so they bring the kids to us for 72 hours, 72 business hours. So they could be there longer, like weekends don't count, holidays don't count until they can find a foster home for those kids to go to or until parents, if that's enough time for parents to fix what's going on in their home, then they can go back home, which happens sometimes too. Um, so yeah, there's a house in Whatcom County where kids can go for 72 hours and uh, give social workers time and everybody time to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, and they're safe and it's yeah. staffed all year long, uh, which is an amazing, amazing place. So all volunteers, main, not all volunteers, Mainly volunteers. So even if you don't think you can be a foster parent, um, you could help out at the house. Okay. That's great to know. So if anyone listening has ever thought about getting involved in foster care or some sort of position in that realm, that would might be a great option. So that's good to know. Um, man, I have so many questions. I like, because I like, I've never like, I know a couple of people just off hand or people not like super close to me but like acquaintances or whatever that um are licensed foster parents or who kind of you know are in that my sister is like a not not with kids but she has a human services degree and she works for compass health she's a kind of like a social worker for adults yeah 
ish. So like I kind of like know some things on like that side, but like I'm trying to, I'm not very good with my words sometimes. Isn't it great that I have a podcast? Um, but I have lots of questions and you can tell me if these are like questions you don't want to answer, but like, what is, what would you say is like the top like reasons or like situations that happen where kids are getting taken out, like for, for take getting taken out of their Uh homes and and placed in foster care. Yeah. That's a good question. Cause a lot of people think that like kids are just getting abused and so CPS is coming in and taking kids out of abusive homes. Uh, not true. Abuse is like a very, very small percentage of why kids are removed. Um, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's small. Um, I rarely see abuse as a reason for kids to get removed. The biggest thing is neglect. Um, and the majority of that neglect be- comes from parents who have addiction or struggling with addiction. Um, and so they just aren't in their right minds to be able to take care of their kids. Um, and so neglect is the biggest thing and that can look like a ton of different things. Yeah. Um, and it can look different depending on a kid's age. So like if a parent is a heroin addict and they have a two year old, um, that's going to look different than a parent who's a heroin addict that has a 16 year old. Um, sometimes we'll see kids get removed that a two year old get removed and the 16 year old sibling still gets to stay, uh, because they can be safe. Like they know not to grab a needle. Um, and they know like where to get food like yeah um, so they kind of assess how the home is um when they're removing kids but the majority of it is neglect very small is abuse um yeah okay neglect is a big thing yeah drugs in Watkin county are running rampant they're i was just talking my friend that works for cps she we i was i just saw her on saturday and she was saying that like like the amount of like drug abuse that is happening in Whatcom County right now is like off the charts, like more than normal. Yeah. I think it's always been a problem, but yes, uh, of course. But like she's said that like lately they've been getting like way more calls than usual. And like, it's just been crazy. And I'm just like how it's just so like, I mean, it makes sense sadly, but like for someone like me who like, I would never know, you know, It's it's just wild. Yeah. See, and I, I like, I think it's easy for people, and I said, like, one thing that bothers me is, like, people that judge by all parents. Um, I think it's easy to make judgments against these people that are getting their kids taken away, and people think they're the scum of the earth, because how can you not take care of your kid and get your kid taken away? Um, But I'm somebody that, like, grew up with family members that have addiction, struggle with addiction. Um, I've seen people shoot up heroin um, as a young child. Like, my parents are amazing parents. My mom's never drank in her life, like very very um great people but the rest of the family i sometimes i say like my mom was an enabler she was like the sister that would always protect her family um she was like mama bear when her mom passed away and so we were around certain things and she allowed us to like go with certain family members that um were using so i did see things growing up um and then I've also seen people change. Like in this job, I've seen people that struggled with addiction. My best friend um, is my best friend because we had his kid for a couple of years and he had struggled with addiction, had been in and out of prison, um, but he got his shit together. And now he's like the best dad ever and like has given so much to our my our friendship, like as I have given to him. Um, and so I do struggle when like people make comments about bio parents because yeah. sometimes people are just going through a hard time and like we don't know their situations well and, and like so, you said right. it depends on the age of the kid too right, where right. it's like 
you know, right. if they're obviously if they're, you know, if it's a one year old and like they're, you know, drinking all day and right. passing out, that's going to be a lot more serious right. than like if it's a 12 year old yeah. and they can kind of be a little more self-sufficient. It's not. I mean, either way, it's not like right. it's not good. Yeah, right. But, but sometimes people just need help. There's and probably like, just a lot of like misconceptions. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just I think when we like we're easy to judge and like my one of my coworkers, um, we had this conversation about like. Because I really try to advocate hard for bio parents. And yeah. Because I've seen people change. And I've seen people come out of addiction. And I've seen parents, like, they that's what they needed is for their kids to be removed um, from them to get the help they need. Yeah. Um, and so she said, like, where does our grace run out? Like, we have so much grace and so much love for these kids, but not for the people that carry them and gave birth to them and, like, love them first. Um, somewhere along that way, we ran out of grace for the parents and so how do we have grace for the kid, but we don't have grace for the parents when like that's part of them. And so like I thought that was beautiful because, yeah, we do run out of grace for these people, um, even though we don't know their story just because like they got their kids taken away, um, which, yes, it's horrible to get your kids taken away. But we don't know people's situations. We don't know what they're struggling with. Sometimes people just need help. Sometimes somebody just made one mistake. Uh, they got their kids taken away and they just need to get their feet together. Yeah. And so I think we like as a community need to like take a step back and and see how we can like support parents um, because kids do way better with parents. Like I see it all the time when kids yeah. turn 18 and they've been in foster care for years and years and years. They go look for their family and like because they had that bond from when they were little and they remember that. Um, it's crazy. Even if they were in a loving foster home or an adoptive home, they something's missing yeah um, and so i think we don't nurture that enough and i think we're quick to judgment um and we just need to take a step back um today i had another conversation so our girls we had um i've known their parents for a long time so this one was a little different like i've known the kids that we've had for the past two and a half years their whole lives um and so they were sisters six um almost five two and then ten months and so so the, four sisters right. in that you guys have been fostering for the last two and a half years. Right. That's so crazy. And so the two the two younger ones, the two year old, we picked her up when she was like a month old, and our friends who were foster family uh, had had her first, and then the baby we picked her up from the hospital, and then the two other ones they were a little bit bigger, but we've known them their whole lives. Um, we've I know their parents, and so it's okay. a little bit different because. I know their parents, and that's kind of why we brought them in. Because um, we normally only take one kid at a time. Four is a lot. Yeah, um, I was well, gonna it started say, off holy with three. Cow. Started off with three, and then mom had another baby. So we usually only foster one at a time. But we knew them. We knew their parents. We knew their whole family. Um, and so we just thought it was important for them to be together. Yeah. Um, we um, there was family that wanted them, but not all of them. Um, there was family that wanted like one, but not the other. And so we went to. There's meetings at the beginning when they're trying to figure out where kids are going. Um, it's called a FTDM, so family team decision meeting. And we said, like, we will take them all four together if family doesn't want to take them or can't take all four of them. Uh, but we didn't want to intrude because we didn't want to, like, overstep. Because yeah. if family is available, they're always going to put them with family. But unfortunately, like, nobody could take all of them together. And so they came to live with us. And so we've lost, like, we were very close with their family. Uh, they were, like, very, like, always with us. They're like aunts and uncles, like super close. But unfortunately, like we're not close anymore because um, I just had to have boundaries with the kids and like yeah. how to make this some decisions that I thought were best. And some people didn't like that, which is fine. Um, but so they've been with us and they just left yesterday and it was like hardest thing ever. Crystal and I sat for almost 17 hours um, and like it was very, very hard. Um, 
but I was thinking today is like this feeling that I have, like I couldn't get up yesterday. Like I didn't feed the kids till like, I think 11 o'clock at night, maybe 12. Uh, cause they slept too. my two bio kids. They like finally said we're hungry. We didn't eat dinner. Uh, don't tell CPS. I didn't feed them last night, but, uh, um, <laughs> we were like emotionally exhausted that we just slept. And so today I was just pondering and thinking back, like, imagine how like parents feel, um, when they get their kids taken away. Like most parents oh my God. love their kids and they made a mistake. They got their kids taken away. Like I very rarely see like evil parents that are just like pieces of shit that don't care about their kids. It happens. Like some people are just pieces of shit yeah, that like molest there. their kids and abuse their kids. And like, I don't think they should get their kids back because they're pieces of shit. But the majority, like a huge majority, very, very big, uh, population of people that get their kids taken away are great people and just struggling with something. And there's something in the way that's of them being good parents. Um, and so like, I was just thinking today, like this is this feeling I have, like, I can't imagine like giving birth to somebody and then somebody saying like, you're not fit to take care of them. Like, and then just having them ripped out of your arms. Like, uh, I couldn't imagine that. Like, and no. I have like this feeling that I have right now is horrible and I can't even get out of bed, but I can't imagine like what they go through. And so I always try to put myself in their shoes. And I think like we need to do that because they're people too. And like, we need to have grace for them too, just like we do for their kids. That's a very applicable uh not like that situation is so applicable to so many other things too like just with i mean people who struggle with who suffer from mental illness or homeless people or um you know other oppressed communities yeah. it's like like we everybody could do a better job of being more empathetic and having more grace and like trying to like not just think about yourself and you know your bubble or whatever we just kind of talked about this on last week's episode but just like every human on this planet deals with hard shit and like you know some some worse than others some and some different than others you know but like if we are people that can be helpful and can be understanding to the ones that need help, why wouldn't you? Right. Right. Yeah. So we like with bio parents too, we've always tried to have some kind of relationship with the parents of the children to come live with us. Um, and sometimes parents just don't like us and that's fine. Um, but we still try, like I'll go out of my way for you. If you're going to try and you're working hard to get your kids back, I'm going to go out of my way for you. Like if you, if the court order says you can see your kids once or twice a week, and you're doing good and you want to see your kids more like I'll go out of my way uh, for you to see your kids. We had a baby last year. Um, it was just like short term. She had um, broken ribs, broken legs and broken arms. Oh, my God. Um, and they don't know how it happened. Um, and mom was like in Seattle. So we picked Crystal stayed in Seattle for a couple of days with the baby because uh, we took placement of the baby. But she was still in the hospital. So Crystal stayed in Seattle with the baby. And then when she finally got to come home. Um, we brought her home and then um, there wasn't like enough people to do visits to come to pick up a baby from Bellingham and go to Seattle. So there was like a couple times where I'm like, I'll drive to Seattle so mom can see the baby. So like I I feel like if we go out of our way for these parents, they're going to work harder at getting their kids back if they know that people are actually on their team and not just judging them. Yeah. And that mom did. Like she did what she had to do to get her kid back or prove that like she wasn't the one that hurt baby and like whatever she had to do, we don't know. Uh, but she did. And we went out of her way for her. She was like working hard. She was like trying. She was showing up. And so we went out of her way for her. And if 
parents are doing that, then I'm going to support them as much as I can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Crystal, uh, we, our baby, I won't use his name, but he came to us when he was a few months old and he was the first young kid, young baby we had. Um, his dad was in prison while he was born and his dad didn't even know it was his kid. And then they finally did a paternity test and it was his kid. And then um, there was they set up a visit. So then I drove him to see his dad for the first time. Um, this is a kid that we loved uh, so much. Like we would have adopted him in a heartbeat um, if that would have been an option. Um, but we drove him to see his dad and then I just gave his dad my number. And then we were going to church at the time. So I said, hey, if you want to see him more like this is the church we go to. He's not a church type of guy, but he went because he wanted to see his kid. So every week he would go and see his kid at church. Um, he would sit at, I'm, I told him he's still going to the kids program because we don't, we're going to be at church, but he would still go. He has like Lucifer written across his arm. Oh my like, God. He doesn't really like church. Um, and so that slowly started happening. And then we would go to lunch with them after church. Um, and then I started inviting him over to our house and we just built like this friendship and like, um, I'd love to say that like, yeah, we took care of, good care of his son and loved him, but he's given us so much in the friendship. Um, and I'm super like thankful to have him in my life. Like I can't do shit like mechanically, like he's fixed our cars before, like changed things that need to be changed. He's installed dishwashers for us and garbage disposals and like he, uh, boats. So he always brings crystal crab and shrimp and like very much has given us a lot in the relationship. Um, like we've given him. And so, uh, yeah, he's had his son back for almost two years now, I want to say. Uh, and we still see each other like at least once a week. Like they're our best friends. We love them. He has a wife too, and they have other kids together. But like on paper, he looks like a horrible person. Like has been to prison a couple times, um, had struggled with addiction before, but he got his shit together to take care of his kid. Yeah. Um, and has been doing amazing. His son adores him. And like, he's my best friend now. Like I can say, He's given us so much. Um, and if I would have had like that typical stereotype as this person's gotten their kid taken away, their piece of shit, like we would have never had this friendship yeah. um, that we have. And he's he's awesome. We love him. That's awesome. Family. I love that. And we still get to see his kid that we love. So that was like another win win. Like, Everybody right. wins. Right. It's great. Right. <laughs> so I think I read I, I read your post that you put on Facebook the other day about the girls and how they were going back yeah. and how you they guys didn't go back. What? They didn't go back. They oh, they back. didn't? No. Oh. Yeah. What happened? So it's a lot of kids. It's four kids. And like right, I right, mentioned right. before, we I'm trying to justify myself. Um, we love those kids like our own. And it's like been super heartbreaking. But um, like the more we thought about it, we weren't what's best for them. There's four kids. And I, um, I'm not, there's no secret like. I get pissed off when people say that uh, the department doesn't pay people well to take care of the kids. Like I call bullshit. You get paid very well, like more than enough to take care of kids. Um, and so I do get upset when people say like, oh, we don't get enough money. Like, yeah, you do. It's plenty of money. Um, so the department takes good care of their kids while you're in your home. Like they pay for whatever the kids need, like um, food, like we get reimbursed for that, like everything. Um, but if you adopt kids, you don't get that. Um, and not saying it's just because of the money. Um, but my kids have savings accounts for college. I wouldn't be able to do that four more times. And that's not fair to them. Uh, Aiden really wants a car and Sailor really wants a car. And I plan on getting him a car because I grew up pretty poor. And like my dad did help me get my first car. But it was like an old 
car, which worked. I mean, it was fine. I worked, worked in the berries for three yeah. summers in a row to buy my first yeah. car. And so, like, <laughs> I, I plan on buying my kids, like, nice cars. And they have a uh, savings account for college and um, just, like, so much that I wouldn't be able to get four more kids. And that's not fair to them. Yeah. Um, and they deserve – and they – kind of grew up thinking of us as like an uncle and aunt the older ones not the two younger ones but the older ones and we just felt like they deserved to have their own mom and dad and if their mom and dad weren't getting healthy after they've been in foster care for three years um then somebody else needed to do that and so like we struggled with it back and forth and even just yesterday we're like did we make the right decision um but the family that is adopting them their adoptive family oh they're getting adopted right. yeah Aww. so it's they're local they live pretty close to us they're amazing um they're all four? All four together, which wow. is, like, we were not hopeful that somebody would be able to take four kids all at once. Yeah. Um, they're a young couple. They don't have their own kids, and they are adopting all four together, uh, which is amazing, and it was, like, a hard decision for us, but uh, it would have been selfish of us to say yes yeah. um, and not give them a life like we would our other two kids. Um, it wouldn't have been fair to them um, as much as we, like, Christmas was Christmas every year is stressful because we're like, okay, we need to make sure that we get every kid the same amount of things. And like to the point where we like stress ourselves out. Cause like, what are people going to think if we get say this big thing and her this little thing. And like, it was just always stressful. And to think yeah. about having to do that forever was hard and we do love them. Uh, but we do think they, we were not what's best for them in the yeah, long run. Long term. Um, and we had kids super young, like Crystal and I, um, dated in high school, like Aiden, we had Aiden when we were 18. Um, and so we haven't really had like that alone time. Like, yeah, a lot of young people like, yeah, cause you guys aren't old. You guys no, are 32. Like, yeah. That's so crazy. This will be 32 tomorrow. So we haven't had that. And so like thinking about that, like we haven't really got to like, it's kind of weird to say like know each other as like individuals cause we had kids right away. And so like, well, I mean, yeah, it's so much it just even without having kids yeah. or being married as people like we change so much like from right. from like even from like from like 18 to 25 is like such a yeah like a huge time where like your brain is still developing yeah. like so much changes like that post college or yeah. post you know high school or whatever it is and then like after that like I mean I always think about too like even for myself like I'm 28 and even from like 25 to 28, like I'm a, I'm a completely different person. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and then on top of that, being married and being with a partner right. and you guys are both changing probably together, but individually as right. well. But then you have all this, all this other stuff going on with kids and fostering and jobs and, you know, everything else. It's like, yeah. unless you're, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to like set aside right. to kind of get to know each other yeah, our biggest thing was too is like a lot of people in my son's grade like his friend's parents are a few years older than us and probably like closer to pushing 40 and we're like barely in our 30s um they like had time to enjoy like their marriage alone like at the beginning yeah so chris and i talk about like we didn't get that like we didn't get alone time like we went from uh being young kids to married to having a kid like like back to back like yeah we had Aiden when we were 18 so um we talk about like when Aiden's big enough, like we wanted to go do things alone. Like we, we were yeah. like wanting to do those things and talking about, do we really want to start over with like a newborn baby? Yeah, and so that's fair. Uh, a lot of it. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of back and forth. Like at first we were like, yes, yes, yes. Like we want to adopt them. And then we were like, is it what's best for them? And then ultimately like came to the decision, like it's not. And then the other big thing is we do know their whole family 
and we wouldn't we felt like we would never be able to be mom and dad just because their family is very much a part of our lives uh some of them don't talk to us anymore because of a bunch of different reasons but like their grandma comes to our house pretty often and like i've known their dad since he was their age like we're just and their aunts and uncles i'm close to a lot of them like they were like my surrogate family growing up um and so they know their family very well and so we would never be able to be mom and dad for the older ones and i think they deserved mom and dad because mom and dad uh haven't been able to get healthy and so um if we were to keep them like we would even though we were mom and dad we would never truly be like their mom and dad because they would always know like this is my family and yeah. they would always be around and so we really felt like they deserve their own family and not have to worry about any of that yeah so a lot went into it um hard decision um but yeah that was like the gist of it is that they deserve better than what we can give them so and you you said something about that you guys are thinking about taking a break from yeah we, taking kids in yeah so our license expires in august so every like few years you gotta renew it um and so we don't know if we're gonna renew it like we're gonna take a break right now and we'll see what july comes but come august if we don't like do what we have to do then our license is closed and it'd be like a whole six or seven months process to to get relicensed and we just yeah we don't know um we kind of talked about maybe just keeping the license open to do emergency placement because we really do like enjoy yeah 1 a.m phone calls and this helping like a kid and staying up with them and uh crystal like thrives on like she's just very nurturing and so yeah. uh, she's like very good at it at having a kid that's like scared and you had said the her worst birthday's thing tomorrow yeah well she's a cancer that's yeah. why yeah. so she like just very <laughs> cares very like nurturing and so we've talked about keeping it open and doing like emergency placements uh, but as far as like long-term placements goes i think like we might be done i don't want to say like for sure we're like done fostering forever but uh we think we might eh, be done. well eventually yeah. when you're empty nesters you'll get yeah, we'll bored see. and, and we then... do. like we talk about that we want to take the bad teens like the ones that cuss us out and tell us to go to hell like we want those kids just Right now, it's probably not the best just because we have such young kids. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and we it's don't like, shield them from anything, but well, still. And, you, and you probably want to like have the opportunity to like just focus on your on your kids and yeah. like going to their events and yeah, for sure. You know, all I, which is I mean t- totally fair and understandable. Life like, was crazy for a while. Like you've been had, doing it for so long. Yeah. You know, daycare is crazy in Watkins County. If people don't know, so at one point, like we had what do you mean? like finding daycare. Oh yeah, our mornings were. We had four kids at four different daycares. No, sorry. Three kids at three different daycares. Our biggest girl and Sayla went to the same school and Aiden went to the same school. So our mornings were like one daycare, one daycare, one daycare, one school. one. And our kid, I mean, we added more to us, but my wife, kindergarten to 12th grade at Nooksack and then became a paraeducator like at 19 at Nooksack and then became a teacher. And she's been there for like ever. So she's like very biased and thinks it's the best school in the county. So we drive our kids to Sumas. To go to school and Aiden to Nooksack Middle School. So we're not, and we live in Linden. So we're not even in the district. And so it was like an hour. I, it would take me an hour and a half to get to work because I would have to like drive to Sumas, drive kids to daycare, and Crystal oh would take gosh. one to daycare. And like, yeah. And then the same thing at night. So yeah, it was, it was crazy for a while. We finally got a couple in the same daycare and then Crystal got a daycare close to work. So it wasn't as bad, but it was, it was crazy for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, I, sometimes I feel like I'm barely hanging on and I just have one and he's like the easiest kid ever. <laughs> we, we're a good team. I'll say that. We're a good team. <laughs> My wife is a badass. She like, yeah, she is a trooper. Yeah. That's awesome. So 
so if you guys do decide to let your license expire, you'll you'll still work at Scoopum. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. So you'll still be kind, you know, involved yeah, we'll still, and yeah, stuff, but sure. just kind of taking a breather. Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, six kids for the last two and a half years—that's yeah, a lot for sure. And then even in that, we've always had kids like, from two to really, six. We haven't taken a break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in years, and so like Crystal got her. Um, associates and then she got her bachelor's and she got her master's now she's working on another master's and we've had kids that whole time yeah i'm like i couldn't do that i have adhd like i said i couldn't do it like mentally but like i don't know how she does it and she does great like she gets perfect grades which i'm like how do you do this like taking care of all of these kids and you have to deal with she me sounds like my mom i'm probably like the hardest one she probably she would get along with my star. mom really well yeah <laughs> they sound very similar yeah, <laughs> yeah my mom um when we were kids, so my younger brother and sister and I, we're all very close in age. So 15 months apart and 16 months apart. Oh, wow. So we're 25. No. Yeah. 25, 26, and 28. My sister's about to turn 27. And she went back to school when we were like in elementary school to get her AA or her bachelor i'm not sure but she like didn't graduate high school had to get her ged and then she went to go get i think that her aa is like the next one right yeah i don't i went to beauty school i don't know how it works but anyway she like went to school and like took care of all of us who were all like bam 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 like little kids while my dad like worked 15 hours a day like she's yeah Yeah. crystal worked the whole time too she's a maniac never stopped working yeah which was crazy to me i'm like i don't know how you do it like uh She's yeah that's not my thing yeah mine either <laughs> i'm like what can i do that i'm gonna enjoy that i takes the least amount of school hair great sure. great oh <laughs> uh, well i'm trying to i i feel like there's so much i could that we could talk about um so what would you say is like your most favorite and your least favorite thing about what you do like in your job and then also just like as a foster parent yeah and my job um like i said i have adhd so like i have to read visit reports after visit when when our visit supervisors take kids on on um visits they have to write a non-biased report so not put their opinion in there, just yeah. write what they're seeing, which is hard to do if you think about it. Like, yeah. it's hard to write about what's going on without like putting your feelings in it and totally. your thoughts uh, and just being factual. It's hard to do. So I have to review all of those uh, and just make sure everything's in line because these are part of the case. They go into the, the court documents. Um, so I, I'd say that's like the thing I hate most, just as somebody who has ADHD, I have to take my like Adderall and like just sit there and like focus and do it. Um, but it's that is probably the hardest thing. And I think the best thing is like we just have a great team. Everybody at our office gets along great. Um, and so I think I worked at places where I don't get along with people and it's very hard, but our team is like very drama free and we get along great, which I haven't always experienced. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably what's best is like, our team is amazing. Um, and then I really do enjoy working with bio parents. Um, although I'm not the one like conducting the visits, I do go if there's problems and like, I do like get to work with them on that. And, uh, I do like enjoy getting to know them. And when I do go check in with our visit supervisors to see how visits are going, like just watching parents interact with their kids, a lot of people don't get to do. Um, so I really, really enjoy that because 
like people change and yeah have hope for them would you say that more more often than not you you do see people like genuinely change and like stick um, with it or like how what is that it's hard to tell like it's it's crazy like we have a broken system yeah and so sometimes things write out forever um like our kids have been in foster care for three years they were with us for two and a half and they were with family for like half a year um and so like i also see people like get their kids back right away like it's it's hard to say i think and we do see quite a bit like where they do get their kids back and then they get them removed again it's hard it's hard to say to be honest yeah um so yeah. many different scenarios. Right. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. And I've seen quite a bit of adoptions and those are like beautiful, but like I'm like the one person that's like super excited that a kid's getting adopted cuz now they have their forever family and they're going to be in a home that is loving and caring and can make sure they're safe and take care of them. But like adoptions to me are also like somebody lost their kid. Somebody yeah. that gave birth to the child like no longer has that and that that is lost and so to me they're bittersweet and most people they're just sweet yeah um, they are they're beautiful it's and funny I don't that you like bring that up because that. you know you know becca over overby oh yeah i'm gonna have her um come on the podcast i'm i'm not sure when because i have to drive down to portland to to uh, talk to her but um hopefully soon but yeah she i want to have her come on and like talk about adoption and like that kind of side of it like in depth because i mean you know her story and i won't give too much away but be looking forward to that in the future hopefully in the next couple months but um yeah it's so true it's like i think that's something that people like sometimes don't think about is like yeah adoption is great and like that's awesome that kids get to go to families that can take care of them and that can love them and all of this but it's like there's still yeah somebody's losing their kid which like you said, too, like just because they can't take care of them or they have other issues doesn't mean they don't still love them. And, you know, yeah. it's just, oh, God, it's weird because like, although I am like a huge advocate for parents and like want them to do good and want them to get their kids back, like at what point is has it been enough time? Yeah. And I don't think like our system is broken and we don't really have time frames, which is I mean, there's technically time frames in place, but they're never like followed. Um which is hard. So like at what point is it okay, you've had enough time. Like this kid deserves to have a family that they're a part of forever. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's weird because it's like it's a struggle between both. Like we want you to do good, but then also like you've had so much time. Yeah. Well, it's probably, I mean, I don't know. I would assume that it's kind of like the the less amount of like back and forth and transition is going to be ideal for right children right so it's like how do you figure out like the balance of that when especially if they like if they are going back to their homes and then they're getting taken out again and going either to the same foster family or a different one and then going you know like it's like how do you how do you figure out what the right way to do things is i think the most beautiful thing i've seen is when like i'm a huge uh when i teach the foster parenting classes i teach at night um about working with biological parents um, and so I'm a huge advocate and try to get like people to see like the beauty and working with bio parents and forming those relationships. And the most beautiful thing of that I've seen is when parents realize that like, okay, I'm not getting better. And like this addiction or whatever it is, is taking over my life and my kid deserves more. And they know the family that's fostering their kids and they're able to say, okay, I feel like my kids are safe with you. And I feel like you're what's best for my kids um let's 
like and they they initiate like the kids being with that family yeah I think that's the most selfless thing i've ever seen and people might say like how can somebody give up their kids? But I think it's like the most selfless. Well, yeah. At the end of the day, thing. your 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 You're main goal is is to do what's best yeah. for your kid and not to do what's best for your own feelings. Right. And I've, I've seen that, and it's beautiful. it's an impossible right. decision to have to make, mm-hmm. but people have to make it. You know. Yeah. Oy yeah. Well, shoot. Is there anything else that you want people to know, or anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I think like the biggest thing is. Um, there's a lot of kids in foster care Yeah, and we do need more foster parents. Um, and we need more people to open up their doors to older kids that nobody wants that. Like when I go to the department, um, I think it was like probably six months ago, I went, um, almost every day for something. And there was a kid there, probably like 16 at least. And he was just there every day, all day because he didn't have a foster home. There was nowhere for him to go. So we just sit in the office with a social worker or with the receptionist all day long because he had nowhere to go. And so, yeah, he probably had like history and like uh, struggled with things, but it, all it takes is like one adult to be able to change this kid's life. Yeah. Um, one adult to like stick through the F-bombs and like being cuffed out. Um, and at some point, like kids can change. And I feel like a lot of foster parents don't give those older kids a chance. Um and everybody wants a cute little babies and yeah, they're cute and yeah, they're like precious and and uh, they won't talk back. But um, big kids need people in their lives yeah. too. And so I think that's a big thing. And uh, a lot of people think that they can't do it. And I I think you I would say to that, you'd be surprised uh, that you could do it. And if you genuinely can't, like uh, the Skookum House is a beautiful place for you to start to be able to work with foster kids at um, not a lot of pressure like we do shifts usually around four hours the overnight ones are longer but um not like a huge commitment maybe once or twice a month if you can just say hey i'll be available at this time if a kid is at the house i think that's a huge thing um, for people to to do so what does it take for somebody um to become licensed to be uh like a a foster parent yeah skookum kids so you can do it through the state Uh, i got licensed through state it's very like What's the word I'm looking for? Not non-relational. Okay. So the state is like a bureaucracy and they are, they're just doing everything by the book and just yeah. going down, just checking boxes. Um, I think with Skookum Kids or any other private agency, Skookum Kids is the only one in Bellingham, like with an office in Bellingham, but there's other ones. There's, um, there's, can't think of the name right now. There's other ones that will license homes in, in Whatcom County. Just do your research. But I think Skookum Kids does an amazing job at, being there to support you, explaining the process to you. Uh, it could take anywhere from like three to six months. Um, they do interview your family. They do interview your kids. Um, and then they ba- basically write like a whole report about you, like a whole pages long about your life and basically who you are. And then we submit that to the state and say like these people, this is why we feel that they should be foster parents. And some like when we did ours, like it brought up some shit that I didn't realize that I hadn't worked through for my childhood. Cause I do ask like about, how you were raised and like mm. what discipline looked like as a child and like what kind of people you're around. So it did bring some stuff up. Yeah. Um, but we just, they just write a report about how your family is and they do it relationally with you. Um, and then they do a walkthrough of your house and we prepare you like what you're going to need and we work with you. And sometimes we even help you get the stuff, which doesn't happen at the state. Like Skookum will help you get like a ladder if a uh, window ladder, if you have two stories or like certain things like that. So, Uh, There's somebody that's holding your hand through the whole process. Uh, You don't have to worry about it. And then within three to six months, 
you can be a foster parent. Sweet. And you can say no. Like if there's a kid that you don't think is going to work in your home, like you don't have to say I'll take that yeah, kid. Yeah, you and get that's to decide. Fine. Right. So if somebody was interested in getting some more information about either becoming a foster parent or volunteering at Skookum, like did what who do they call? What do they do? Yeah, skookumkids.org um and there is like a bunch of information on there. And there's a contact you section on that on the okay. website too. And I'll put that in the episode yeah. description. If you didn't have a pen to write it down when you were listening, you can go back and uh, check the episode description. I'll put that website link in there. Yeah. Sweet. Well, right. thanks for coming on this the pod. I know fun. it went by really fast. We we're at an hour fifteen. We didn't even talk about church. Uh, I mean, we did a little bit. A little bit. That can, I mean, you can That's always like a whole you can always come back if you'd like. But yeah. yeah, I did a whole like almost two hour long solo episode about just my own experiences with religion and everything, and it was uh, it got pretty uh, in- intense, I guess, emotional. I don't know. It was it's interesting when you sit down in a room by yourself and just start like talking into a oh, microphone yeah. and like. But you're not crazy, thoughts right? th- that are in yeah. your brain <laughs> that like it then come out of your mouth and you're actually saying them out loud. It's like a whole different way of processing things yeah. that you've gone through that I think people don't really do. Like, right. who's going to go sit in a room and talk to themselves about, yeah. you know what I mean? Like processing something like within internally or like in your right. brain or whatever, but like actually sitting down and like talking it out. I have to write stuff down. It's kind of like therapy without a therapist in the room. Oh, yeah. Like this is the well, I go to therapy, so maybe that's why I don't like maybe talk about it to myself. Maybe that's what it is. But I write a lot of stuff down, like stuff. That yeah, that, that's a, that's another way for and sure. And then I just piss a bunch of people off, and like, yeah. What? And then I just piss people off about what I write, and then. Oh yeah. well, you know it happens. Yeah. I always say this podcast is not for the easily offended. Oh, um, nice. If that's you, you probably shouldn't be here. Um, <laughs> I don't think we offended but still anyone like, today. Just still like the. What? Page, but still like the page. But but still, yeah. Follow the Instagram yeah, account. Sure. Leave a review, five stars only. Even if you have something negative to say, say something negative, but like hit five stars. You know. For sure. <laughs> Single well, mom here. We're trying to get to those I'm million followers. You, to make I'm some trying money. to trying to get this podcast off and running. Podcast to the stars. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Who knows? We've got to manifest it. You know, put it out into the universe. You never yep. know what could happen. Are you still singing? Um. So yeah i mean with all this like quarantine stuff all of our gigs that we had scheduled all summer all got canceled so but yeah i play around town with my dad and we have like a little band cool yeah Yeah. i was just at the thirsty badger and they were talking about your dad there oh really yeah yeah we played hymns and hops or something oh yeah Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep he does that on sundays sometimes um yeah we love playing at the thirsty badger it's always a fun it's always a fun time out there and it's three minutes away from my house so i left my wife and my cousin there right now and love that oh having a couple beers i'm like what time is it oh shoot you better get over there they close soon oh really (laughs) well they were getting a ride to the casino oh perfect (laughs) gosh (laughs) just texted right now going to the casino oh my gosh they're having a wild tuesday night yeah my wife said uh i need like we're not i don't drink at all and she's not like a very heavy drinker but yesterday was like rough yeah so she's like i need a just little, little let loose. couple drinks yeah, yeah just like, let loose yeah have some fun with a yeah. friend to calm down the feelings a little bit yeah, yeah hey sure. nothing wrong with that yeah 
Well, Marcos, thank you so much for coming on the pod again. Always good seeing you. And thank you for everything that you and Crystal are doing. I think it's really admirable and amazing. And I learned a lot today. Great. I hope that everybody listening learned a lot too. And if you have any more questions, um, I will also put your um, Instagram handle in the episode description. A lot of food. Feel free to reach out to Marcos if you have any more questions. Um, yes, his Instagram is full of um, beautiful food and his food is just as delicious as it is beautiful. So if you ever have the opportunity to have him cook for you, um, hashtag blessed, you will be. So yeah, that's it. Signing off. That's all that I got. Fun. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, TGIF, we'll talk to you next Friday. Bye. Bye.